Hey, I'm Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. On today's episode, we're talking about dinks. You mean dilfs? No, I mean dinks. A dink? What is a dink? A dink is dual income, no kids. Mm, This idea of just being rich and fabulous and not having to spend all of your money on your offspring. Well, offspring is so cute though. Like, don't you want like little babies running around? Yeah, I do. But this idea came from Palm Springs, right? We're on vacation. Uh I mean, I love Palm Springs. It's just outside Los Angeles and it is like the best getaway from a major metro city. It's just resort life. Trixie Mattel has a motel there. I love that. It's just Full of drag queens and gay clubs and rosé and pools. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fabulous. I love Palm Springs. Well, anyway, this concept of Dinks, it actually is a restaurant or was a restaurant and bar Ah, in the city. Okay. And it was a play on this acronym of dual income, no kids, where you have so many older gays that didn't have the opportunity to build a family and decided to just be rich and fabulous and travel the world and buy a house in Palm Springs and just be tan and live their best life. Yeah. I love that. Well, for a gay couple to start a family, it's so costly Mm -hmm. and it's quite difficult and there's a lot of challenges with it. So maybe the owner of this Dink's restaurant bar in Palm Springs was like, screw it. I'm not having kids. I'm just going to open a restaurant in Palm Springs and call it Dink's. Well, all the things that you can do, With no kids, Mm. you know, you can buy multiple houses, you can have fancy cars, you can go to Europe. I mean, you can go to bed at a reasonable hour hour and and get a good amount of rest and wake up looking fresh. Your 401k plan and your superannuation will Mm -hmm. be nice and fat. I mean, you definitely don't have as many obligations or responsibilities, which is... A nice thing to have in general. This is true. But I feel like as an adult, you have responsibilities and you have delegations no matter what, whether you are a dad, whether you're a mom, whether you are single, whether you're married, Mm -hmm. whether you have a job in life, you have responsibilities. Yes. You have to pay bills. bills, You have to buy groceries. You have to live. You have to survive. Mm -hmm. Like survival is a responsibility in itself. Yeah. And I think whether you have kids or not, you're going to have responsibilities or you're going to have sleepless nights. So I think the pros and cons kind of outweigh one another on this one. I think it's like an interesting concept of growing up and having it instilled in you very early on that you're going to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner of some sort, and then you're going to get married and then you're going to have a, you know, a family and buy a house and follow this white picket fence dream of the American dream. Yeah. And most of my gay friends definitely have decided not to have children. Same. And I don't think it's that it was like a full decision of like, we're not having kids. It's more of the decision that they hadn't had the opportunity mm-hmm. and aren't maybe educated about the process. 100%. And I was just going to say that. Yeah. I think there's not enough education around gay family building or LGBT family building, yeah. which is a major thing. And I think there aren't enough resources online or enough awareness to help us create the family because it, it's possible, especially in Australia. In mm. Australia, it's obviously a lot more difficult than what it is in the US. Mm. And... You can have a altruistic surrogate, but you cannot have a paid or 
commercialized surrogate. That the is process true. is very different in Australia in the sense that you have to go through additional legal proceedings and there's quite a, a panel of red tape that you got to get through yeah. to have a child. In America, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy if you got the cash. Yes. If you got the cash, well, it's a lot more commercialized, right? It's a lot more visible. It's a lot more out there in the open. I mean, regardless of sexual identity or who you are as a human being, right? I think that if you're in a straight relationship and a gay relationship, you have the same dilemma. Absolutely. When you have formed a long-term relationship with your significant other and you're deciding, do we have kids or do we not have kids? You really have to get on that page early on when you're just dating, right? Mm, But I think early on, especially in gay couples, they don't really have those types of conversations. Well, maybe because it's assumed more that you won't. You won't. Yes. Right. So, but we had that conversation early on. We did have that conversation early on and having kids for me was always something that I'd wanted. I remember being 19 and I would always say to my mom, I will have a kid or I'll become a dad someday, even if it's on my own. Yeah. Because I don't think she even knew how I could have a kid. Do you think a part of the process of them accepting or coming to terms with you being gay was them processing if they would have grandchildren or not? Absolutely. I think when I had came out, my mom was like, oh no, you're not going to make me a grandma anymore. And Mm. I was like, absolutely I am. And I always had this determination and I still remember that feeling that I had of always wanting to have a kid. And if you were to ask my mom today, she would say, yeah, he always wanted to have a kid. Yeah. And I don't know, even though I was gay, I never had let that deter me away from wanting to have a family one day. I definitely did also want to have kids. I always really loved kids, but I didn't always love the responsibility of watching other people's children. Yes. But I always loved this idea of becoming a dad one day. Mm. And I didn't necessarily know how that was going to happen. Right. But I wanted that partner that we have found in one another to Mm. build that family. And it took a long time for me to find that. Yeah. I don't think I had seen enough representation of two gay dads. Yeah. The beautiful thing of social media is that I have seen and you have seen and we have seen together so many beautiful LGBT families that show representation and show that if you want to have kids, there are options out there and that the path is possible. So we are going to Europe. We have no kids. We're dinks. What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we seeing? (laughs) Well, I mean, to be honest, like you can just spend all your money on fabulous fashion. Okay. We're just shopping. We're shopping. We're eating fabulously. Yep. You know, we want to take a spaghetti pasta in Italy. No, honey. We're having like caviar and champagne. You know, like... Cardi B, which is like, what's up, yeah? I'm just out here in Milan eating spaghettis. Yes. And having <laughs> With her big glass, buck off glasses on. Well, the thing is, is like you are able to live a life of selfish luxury. Mm, that's exactly what it children, is. Right? It's selfish luxury. It's selfish luxury. It's, so it's, it's just basically a opportunity to just be me, 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 me. And then just have the most. But like, what the time. heck are we going to be wearing? Like, you know, what are those things that they Captains? wear? Are we going to wear like a caftan with like a big hat and like our glasses and just walk around with like a spritz? Yes, in Palm Springs, fabulous. But why can't we do that with kids? You can. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. and that's my point. Yeah, it's like you can be 
selfish and live a luxury life. Mm. But I think you can still balance it if you want to with children. I definitely am a law of attraction type of person. I think that if you really have the means and you have the opportunity, you can have everything. Absolutely. You can actually go to Europe, you can do all the fabulous things, you can drive a nice car and you can have two to three children, not more than that. Well, you always say as well, you are a big advocate for traveling with kids. You know, like you're like one day if we have a kid, you would have no problems getting on an airplane with them at three or four years old. hundred percent. Like my grandmother, she took me to like, nearly 30 states of the United States. Like it was insane how much that we traveled and it was a core memory. Mm. It was a foundational memory that made me who I am today. And it also really opened up my eyes to the world. And I think that being able to see the world at a young age with young eyes is insane. Like just having the knowledge of knowing that like even at five or six years old, you were in Paris Mm -hmm. or you were in... Morocco or like traveling somewhere with your parents on this crazy adventure. Yeah. It shifts your, your way of thinking. Well, it instills those memories as a child that you take on for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. you say, oh, when I was a kid, I went here or I went there. Well, it makes you as an adult, if you have kids or if you're single, you just want to relive those moments again, you know? Yeah. If you haven't probably figured out by now, we have been looking into some options into how we could potentially build our family. Yeah. And obviously there are a few different ways, right? Yeah, like adoption and surrogacy. surrogacy or IVF through surrogacy. Yeah. And it's very complicated and it is totally complex. I think that you have to have a heart of an angel to go through the process of adoption mm-hmm. and you have to be really strong-willed. Also an adoption in Australia is very difficult. And same in the US. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a long process. You have a very beautiful opportunity to build a family in a unique way. Mm -hmm. So with adoption, it's a personal story for me because my mom, she was adopted Mm. and she later in life through ancestry.com discovered that she had a long lost family of several sisters and brothers uh, who lived in New York and met them all on her 70th birthday. And we went to Palm Springs and met them as well. Yeah. And like, they're all beautiful people. And it's an incredible story of how later in life through adoption, you have been able to reconnect with people from your past and it just happened to be a beautiful story. Yeah. Um, and then as well, like my biological dad, I don't know where, where he is. He's long gone, but I only have one memory of a father growing up at a very young age. And that is my dad now. And he officially adopted me. Um, even though he technically was my father the whole, my whole life mm-hmm. when I was 13. So I went through court proceedings and I remember that process of going through adoption and signing paperwork. And I actually even had an opportunity to change oh, my name. That's right. The judge was like, so during this process, we can change your name because we're changing your birth certificate. And I was like, oh, uh, it was literally thrown on me at that moment. And they're like, maybe you want to drop your middle name. And I was like, no, I don't want to change anything. I'm good. <laughs> Just leave it all. Even though I had a very long name yeah. at the time. But I do think that adoption is an incredible, beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Yeah. And you do have to have a heart of a warrior angel. Mm-hmm. to go through it. Mm-hmm. I can't go through it. I couldn't. Yeah. It would destroy me. No, that's fair. And I don't think I could go through it either, which is probably why would we wouldn't go down that route. But lots of families do go through adoption. Yep. And as gay or lesbian or LGBTQ plus people, 
adoption is an possible. option yep. in many states. Mm -hmm. In Australia, it's also possible, yep. but it's a, a difficult, long process. Test, and yeah. it doesn't help that there aren't a lot of great laws in place that give LGBTQ plus people equal rights Correct. throughout that process. Correct. So the other alternative would probably be surrogacy, right? Yeah. Now, from what we have learned to date, it is quite a complex topic, right? Because for us, we would probably need to find an egg donor. Then from the egg donor, it would be separate to our gestational carrier who would be our surrogate one so day. So wait, let's break it down even more. So with, with surrogacy, you have a egg donor, which is, would be the female genes that we would need to create our embryos. And then you have a gestational carrier and a surrogate. And the gestational carrier and the surrogate are two different things. You either need one of the two, not both. But a surrogate is someone who typically would carry their own um, DNA, the embryo would be partially theirs. Because the egg would be hers. Correct. Um, but with a gestational carrier, the embryo is created outside of her in the lab. And it has none of her DNA um, within the embryo. And therefore, she's a gestational carrier because she is carrying the embryo to full term. Correct. So the embryo would essentially be transferred into the gestational carrier. Correct. So it's very scientific, so stay with us. We basically need an egg donor and a gestational carrier, which are two different people. Correct. So we need two amazing women to help us along the way in creating our family. Correct. So in America, <clears throat> it's a pretty common process mm -hmm. to go through IVF and to go through surrogacy and gestational carriers and building your family. Well, we've found so many amazing resources online, right? There are some guides that help you along this process to navigate give through you some, surrogacy. Yeah. And they give you some resources. Um, one of them is named men having babies. The other one is gays with kids. And both of them have checklists of what you need to do. The agencies and the process and like the medical education. And they even have directories, right? So that you can reach out to egg donation clinics or you can reach out to IVF clinics right. or you can reach out to a surrogacy agency to kind of help that initial step. And they even had like reviews from other families that have gone through the process and wanted to share their experience. And I think the most important is that they offer a financial aid because the process is so expensive Yes, to help alleviate some of the costs. So yeah. depending on your household income, you can apply for a grant yeah. um, and fill out the paperwork and then get a bit of a subsidy on the overall costs for your entire journey. Yeah. So should we share some of the costs? We can talk about the costs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the costs are pretty shocking. Yeah. So I think all in all, you'd probably be looking. No, wait, let's just drop the big number. Okay. Drop it. 150,000 US dollars. At the cheapest. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole process of IVF is quite expensive. It's very expensive. And each step of the way, there are surprises mm -hmm. and you need a bit of a piggy bank to have a fallback just in case. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, like a lot of people do it in stages, mm -hmm. you know, some people freeze their eggs. <laughs> I think we would need to do it in stages. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to, cause like you just to get to the embryo stage, it's going to cost you nearly, you know, 50, $60,000 US. US, which is like nearly 80,000 Australian dollars. Yeah. Because the like, conversion sucks right now. At the time, like at this time of recording, it, it does. And, you know, all in, Australians are looking at nearly 200K. Mm -hmm. 
Um, to create then, a family. To create a family. And that's with one child. In the U.S. Yes. We have looked into the options across the United States, Mexico. Canada, Mexico, Australia. And I think we will need to continue doing more and more research throughout our process. Yeah. So with surrogacy, to break it down and to simplify this process a bit, because it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Let's talk in terms of us, Yep. right? So for us to have a child, we would have to first find an egg donor who would be a female with the ability to donate her eggs and we would collect them through our IVF clinic. Oh, IVF will collect them, <laughs> not <Yes>. personally. <laughs> and egg and the sperm are then put together to create embryos. In the lab. Right. So if you were able to collect five or six eggs, you would then fertilize five to six eggs at the same time. And then over about five to seven days, they grow in a Petri dish, mm-hmm. you know, basically in, in the, the lab. lab. Yeah. And we see which ones actually end up making it to day five or seven. To day five or seven. And you're going to have about half of them drop off and they, they don't end up making it. Yeah. So you're left with whatever embryos you have left. Correct. So then from there, the embryos are frozen until us or another couple match with a gestational carrier. Correct. So at this point, you could take a pause. You could take a pause. It costs you about 60,000 US dollars. But that depends on the cost of your egg donor. Yes. So you would have to pay for your IVF process. So that goes to your clinic and to your doctor. And to your egg donor's cycle fees. And there's all the medication that's required for the cycling to happen and for that egg collection to happen. You also have her legal costs to draw up the legal contracts for your agreement. And then the egg donor also would have a donation fee for her time. Correct. That it would take to go through this process. Correct. And usually that's anywhere from... $8,000 up to 50,000, who knows, however much. So now that you have frozen embryos Mm -hmm. and they are awaiting a match Match. with a gestational carrier, that process of waiting could take up to a year. Mm. And there's a long list of people that are waiting right now. So what about the dings? They're just kind of like chilling in Palm Springs at the restaurant? Oh yeah. Yeah. They (laughs) have no worries about children right now. (laughs) Right. But these people who are waiting on this list, it used to be like three months, six months. Now it's like 12 months, 18 months. Mm -hmm. And a lot of gays are wanting to have kids. As they should. The science has come so far and the possibility and having that ability and option to create a family. Yeah. I think it's so special today because why should we not have the ability to make a family just because we're gay? Yeah. And you also have a long time to wait while you are in this process so you can still live that dink fabulous life absolutely the day comes i think if we have kids babe one day we will still live a fabulous dink life yes yes so now you've been matched yes with a surrogate slash gestational carrier okay and it's time to transfer. So you're going to go through a legal process, a medical clearance process of making sure that this is the right person for you to build your family. Something that we kind of skipped over is that you have the option to work with an agency or you can do this all on your own. Correct. You can find your own surrogate. You can make Facebook posts and put it on Instagram and yep. try to find someone. Yep. Which in Australia and in Canada, is you the only would, way you to would go need to do it. it because it's altruistic, meaning that the gestational carrier has to be voluntary. So whether it's a friend, a sister, a mom, a friend's friend, whoever it might be, yeah. they need to volunteer to carry a child. Yeah. You'd go through 
the matching process for your gestational carrier in the US with your agency. Once you're on the waitlist, here's your potential match. Do you wish to move forward? So then you will go through the medical clearance and legal clearance. And then I suppose the transfer. Yeah. So then once it gets down to the transfer time, mm-hmm. your gestational carrier will then work with your IVF clinic to schedule a time for that transfer to happen. And it's a pretty quick procedure. Okay. Um, and that's it. Done. And then you wait. Then you wait. <laughs> then you do a pregnancy test and then they do an ultrasound and then you have a confirmed heartbeat and you're pregnant. Yeah. And if you know, unfortunately your first transfer doesn't take, you do have the option depending on how many embryos you have to potentially transfer again. Correct. And a lot of the times a second transfer is required and a third transfer may happen as well. Now that you have this gestational carrier carrying your baby, Mm -hmm. you go through that ride with With her as much as you can. Correct. Um, And a lot of international people work with surrogates in the US and all over the world and not everyone can be there and it's a difficult process to navigate as well but at the end of this whole long journey sounds very long you have a baby yeah and there is a benefit of working in certain parts of the world than others legally and it's complicated and let's talk about that because this for us is a big thing that we're still kind of looking into a lot more and doing our research. So in the U S you have certain States that have something called a pre-birth order Mm -hmm. and it's agreement that you have filed and pre-approved with your gestational carrier and your lawyers and the government. And basically it is all organized so that when our baby is born one day that you and I are the only listed parents on the birth certificate. Now, genetically, obviously, I'm not getting pregnant anytime soon. (laughs) So it's not... We tried, it didn't work. But like, serious, (laughs) like this birth certificate, the only point of it is the parentage. Correct. Uh, Obviously, there would be all these documentation about how kids are made through surrogacy and through IVF, gay, straight, whatever, mm-hmm. all around the world. Mm-hmm. But with the birth certificate, it's important for us to, to be on it because we can make all of the decisions legally and we have no influence from other entities or other people who've been along the ride Correct. of creating our child. Correct. And I think that's an important difference. Agree. It sounds like it's just a piece of paper, but it's got so much more meaning to that than just what it is. The laws are changing really quickly. And I think the laws in Australia have really changed to a benefit for us. The laws are changing very quickly in Australia, correct. And the laws in America are also changing, positive and negative. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's really important to it's really important to know that we only know what we know in this moment from what we can research right now. Absolutely. And it could be different tomorrow and it could be different in in a month or in a year from now. Mm -hmm. And it's moving so fast that I think that it's important that if you do want to build a family and you're, it's on the back of your mind. And if it's something that you're thinking about in the future, you should just simply just do some like research and yep. some understanding have of a look, the laws. Have a look at men having babies. Have a look at gays with kids. Reach out to other gay dads on Instagram. I know so many people have been so open and so positive about wanting to help other gay people create family as well. Seeing a lot of these gay dads and a lot of these 
couples that are going through surrogacy and sharing their whole process. It's important. It's really important because there's so much education and so much misinformation out there Mm -hmm. that it's really great to see people going through it in real life and you can learn a lot about it if that's something that you're interested in. For sure. Okay. So we have dinks versus becoming a dad. Yes. Both sound really lovely to me if you were to ask me being a dual income with no kids in Palm Springs in El Caftan, having a margarita with a pizza in Mykonos. All the stress just left my body. In a nutshell, the dink life sounds fabulous. But also having kids can bring so much incredible adventure and reward. So I think we need to just find the balance for us on what we think works best. Yeah. And look into our options a lot more because it sounds like there is still a lot that we need to learn as well. Yeah. So if you are looking to build a family or just do a little bit of research, we're going to have some really great resources and links in our episode notes. So make sure to check them out. Definitely hit up Gays with Kids and Men Having Babies as they have insanely amazing resources and great information for you to just start the journey. Yeah. And look into your options. So if that's not for you, I mean... Also, feel free to live your best ink life, book a travel adventure to Palm Springs and go sit by the water and have a margarita and glass of rosé for me. Glass of rosé for Garrett. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Modern Gaze. We hope you're enjoying our podcast so far. Make sure that you follow, turn on alerts and even turn on auto downloads so that you get our episodes first. Our episodes come out every Tuesday and they stream anywhere podcasts play. 